0: This is the JT The Brick Show. Filling in for JT today is ESPN's Jason Fitz. And from Raiders.com, Eddie Pascal.
1: Oh, it is a glorious Friday. The weekend is almost here. Pop your feet up. Get ready to hang out for a couple of hours of wild fun. Eddie Pascal, Jason Fitz on Raider Nation Radio in for JT the Brick. You can hang out with us 702-365-9200 is how you get in on it. Happy summer, Eddie. We were talking about this as we got together today and you know it's, it's we love working together. For anybody that hasn't checked us out before, shame on you. But Eddie and I love hanging out together. We love just shooting the shot. We love getting ready for Raiders Radio. We love being able to talk about the team and today it came up as we were talking about what we wanted to get into that we're nearing the end of the school year in Clark County. Like everybody's in summer mode. It feels like we're in that spot where suddenly, for the first time in a long time, if you're a Raiders fan, you, you're you coming off a playoff year, you're coming into summer vacation, and you're feeling really good and really sneaky, quietly, I don't know, quietly confident about this team based on where they ended last year, what's happened in the offseason. It feels like it's going to be a good summer because of it.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we were, we were talking about that yesterday where we were going through the, the tiers of teams in the AFC, and, and we had all these questions surrounding, you know, the Patriots, the Steelers, and and we were saying, you know what? It's nice to be in the position where you don't have these huge, colossal, fundamental philosophical questions about the silver and black. Now, at this point in the in the calendar, there's questions about every single team in the NFL. But the questions about the Raiders are these small, uh, you know, how are they going to adjust to a new defense? How is Derek Carr going to handle, uh, you know, Josh McDean? They're small questions. They're not these big, kind of momentous, big, colossal things that you need answered. And and so we talk about getting ready for summer, about the kids almost uh, being done here with school here in Southern Nevada. And it does kind of feel like we're at a good point in the calendar, Fits Things are rocking and rolling the way that they should be. And really, we're just progressing resting through the off-season, checking boxes, getting ready for training camp. I mean, before training camp, we're we're going to have mandatory meeting camp here in about three weeks if I'm doing my, uh, my calendar reading, right? But then after that, we're going to go on summer, and before you know it, it's going to be 110 degrees, and we're going to be going to training camp, and I cannot wait.
1: It's funny because... You talk about the strengths of this team, and I think there's one obvious weakness for so many of us, and that's the offensive line. That's the thing that everybody's breaking down. Really nice article today in The Athletic about some of the different players on the line, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I think what's interesting to me is perception changed on the offensive line this year, not just because of the Raiders, but also because of the Bengals. Like, there's this concept that you have to build from the inside out. We always hear that when it comes to great football teams will handle the interior of the line on the offensive and defensive side and then build their way out. The Bengals kind of set up yours to that strategy and said, hey, we're gonna be so dynamic, we'll let Joe Burrow get murdered. As long as he can get rid of the football, it'll be just fine. And it got them all the way to the Super Bowl. Like, they were torched. Their offensive line was torched by the Raiders. It was torched by the Titans. And it did not matter in either game. So I think part of the reason there's a sneaky confidence is because the biggest, I think the biggest question mark for this team going into next season is the offensive line. But we've seen a team do great things even when the offensive line is a question mark. And, and Eddie, I, I keep thinking back to the end of last year. Now, we got to hang out a lot after different games. We didn't get to hang out after the uh, after the season-ending win. And mm. I think everybody will remember that game for a long time. It became an immediate where-were-you-then uh, story, right? So I was in Indianapolis, and I was covering the college football national championship in Indianapolis. So, of course, with that game being Sunday night, there was we were staying at this hotel downtown Indy. And there was a, a sports bar in the hotel. So I go into the sports bar, and I just – I start drinking midday. Like, it's a midday. I gotta just got to it through my nerves, right? Like, I'm going to be just fine. I turn around as, I'm, as we're about to get to kickoff, and I look, and the bar is full. It is jam-packed. And it is jam-packed with everybody I know and love at ESPN. Like, it's like everybody knew I was going to be there. So they wanted to come – Drink on my dime, basically. But I look around and everybody from the SEC network, all the Sports Center anchors, all the, uh, all the college football analysts—they're all sitting at tables watching this entire game go down, drinking on my tab. And as we party through this entire evening, I'll never forget when the Raiders win that game in overtime. The bar, the the hundred or so ESPN people are chanting my name as I jump up and down because everybody knows how significant that game and that moment was. And. You know, I I say that, I tell that story because I think what it encapsulates is how much we had riding as fans on that one moment in that one game. If that's a loss, if that's a tie, if that's not a Raiders win, as anything other than the Raiders going in and doing what they did to magically end that regular season, we feel totally different about this team today. But because of the way we saw this team end last year and because of everything the Raiders went through last year, now into this year, I think that that breeds a different level of confidence because we saw how hard it can be and how much this team can survive.
2: I mean, you and I were talking about it before we started rocking on the air, fits, where I think history is going to be incredibly kind to the 2021 las vegas raiders uh, a team that went through i think to put it mildly to put it nicely they went through a lot both on and off the field and the fact that it came down to that one game and it had to be against the division rival chargers the fact that it came down to that and the raiders handled their business now was it a little more dramatic than we would have liked certainly did it cause a little more stress than all of us would have liked absolutely but at the end of the day they did what they needed to do and because of that they got back to the postseason and and now look the ultimate uh, goal was not achieved and the tournament the Raiders appearance in the postseason tournament was shorter than all of us would have liked but I think that when you look back on that evening when you look back on that game and what it means kind of in the grand scheme of let's call it the the 10-year story the 10-year plan of the Las Vegas Raiders I mean you are going to circle that date. I think the the goal is that you're going to look back and you're going to say, that's where things changed in a positive way. Yes, it was a, it was a different coaching staff. Yes, we all know about the 30 to 35% roster turnover each year regardless of what team you are, but that's where there was a fundamental change on what this organization was able to accomplish. And I think you bring up a great point where if the Raiders don't handle business in that game, if we do kind of enter this 2022 season with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and their staffs, if you enter it without having kind of that nice little feather in your cap of going back to the postseason, it feels a lot different, doesn't it, Fitz? It feels a lot different. And will it be different? Would it be different? I mean, that's a question that you and I can debate over beers in about five or six years. But it today, it would feel a lot different, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and the the strength that this locker room showed. And you're right, there's locker room turnover. But uh, you guys can take a drink every time I mention you know getting a tattoo with Max Crosby at this point. But it was like a four-hour Did you do that by the way? Yeah, yeah, I did. Got t- Max really? I got tatted up. I don't huh. know if anybody's heard that. But you know, when you're sitting with somebody for hours, they say a lot. And I asked him about the turning point in that season, and he said there wasn't really necessarily one turning point, but. What did hit me as interesting is after they got their butts whooped by Kansas City, he said, we all came into the locker room and we said, okay, who are we going to be? What are we going to do? What are we going to do about this? And the leadership – came together and said, hey, every week is still an opportunity. And they started to stack win after win after win. What we sometimes, and I, I don't mean we as in you and I or even we as Raiders fans, I, I believe the national media, when they look back on, on seasons, sometimes forgets context. Not to some of the stories. Obviously, there are portions of the Raiders story from last year that will never be forgotten contextually. But there are portions of the Raiders season that I think are important to remember. Not the least of which is that they went into that season-ending season ending Game that that season finale, I should say, with not only everything on the line, but having experienced that for three straight weeks. Like this is a team yeah. that had to go in and win games that they were counted out from. Every single week. And so it's not just about, you know, beating the Chargers. It's also about going into Indianapolis and doing the impossible for for a Colts team that had so much on the line. Like, you look at at the – and as much as the roster has changed over, there are leaders that lived through that experience that their leadership will be different forever because of it. That's where I think there's the nugget of positivity that does carry forward. As different as every year is, like I said last year, that nugget I think makes – puts them a step ahead from, from day one when everybody comes together this year.
2: I, I did have to laugh a little bit when you were talking just now, and I'm thinking, oh, oh, Fitz, you think the national media lacks, lacks a little bit of subtlety and a, and a little bit of context, <laughs> a little bit of I rationale? Tried, man, I try, I huh. try. I do. I try. Huh. Boy, what a what a concept that is. But, I mean, look, uh, you're 100% right where you look at, and we talked about the turnover a lot, and you talk about the, the players that are no longer here, the players that are new to this, this organization, whatever it may be. But the core nucleus of that team in 2021 is back. Derek Carr is back. Darren Waller is back. Max Crosby is back. Uh, You know, a lot of the the pieces on that offensive line, where will they end up ultimately lining up week one remains to be seen, but they're back. And so you look at at kind of the core, the nucleus, the leadership of that team, and I think you hit the nail on the head where the experience that that collective group went through, the Darrens, the Derricks, the Maxes, the Josh Jacobs of the world, that's not something you forget that's something that you appreciate that you grow from and then when you get to day 1 this year you go okay like let's remember what we learned last year we went through this incredible experience together and now we're going to kind of roll that, roll that momentum up and keep it carrying into a 22 or excuse me a 2022 where the sense of optimism surrounding this team the sense of okay they're right there about this team is higher than frankly fits I can remember in, in a really long time I think maybe maybe coming into that 2017, 20, excuse me, 2017 season after Derek had gone through the uh, the injury on Christmas Eve I think that's really the last time that you look at the team and you go oh okay like they're they're ready to rock they're ready to do this thing for real
1: well and there are so many similarities between what we saw last year in 2016 that 2016 team at times Lived by the skin of their teeth, right? They sure like, did. They they got by in a lot of games that a lot of years you lose. This, this Raiders team did the same thing last year. Now. You can look at that as, like, stick and, oh, my gosh, can't believe they got through it. Or you can look at it and say, man, boy, did the ball bounce the right way a lot of times for the Raiders last year. We won't know until we get into this year. And that sometimes that, that stuff takes a second to normalize. Now, I, I will say, by the way, as much praise as I give my, my brothers and sisters at ESPN for partying with me all night, it was not lost to me when I went to close the uh, tab at the end of night that they had definitely, like, there was a substantial amount of alcohol consumed on – like the, the number of times somebody obviously said put it on Fitz's tab like uh, it, it is rare for me like I'm cheap we talked about it yeah but I I, I toured in music for my entire life right I still at that was the moment the first moment I've ever paid a bar tab where I thought what in the f just happened like that was my first thought like now, th- Fitz, immediately
2: let, let me ask you you said you were in indie right yeah. May, yeah, yeah may I may I uh, take a guess at the bar you were at yes yes of course were you at Kilroy's per chance Wait, is that the one that's in the
1: hotel lobby? I don't know. No, don't no, we no. Killers. Oh,
2: so my favorite road bar in all of the land fits is Kilroy's in Indianapolis. It is just a special little slice of heaven in the middle of the Midwest, brother. And uh, and and some of the people here give me a hard time for that because it is certainly not the glitziest or most glamorous bar. Uh, it's just a good place to pull up a bar, you know, a bar stool and enjoy some uh, some reasonably pri- priced adult beverages. So I thought, knowing that you're... Uh, your desire to perhaps be a little more on the frugal, and I thought, hey, maybe Fitz was at Kilroys. I got to give Indianapolis
1: the city a lot of credit. Great place to host events because yes. they they basically have tunnels that connect everything. So if you're ever considering going to a Raiders away game, the next time they're in Indianapolis, that's one to actually go to because you don't you don't have to leave. Any product. That's why I I went to the bar I went to because I thought you know what and uh, the 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 bar tab which was over a thousand dollars oh was, my was, god yeah, was staggering oh. for me it took me it took me weeks to get okay with what what I'm I'm fairly convinced Mike Olick Jr. did a fair a substantial amount of like I heard at one point he was just passing shots out to everybody I will say though when the Raiders won the game they did order a round of shots. For everybody. I did what, you, what I've you only pulled seen the, uh, movies. You pulled the I,
2: commercial move?
1: I, I, I just put my hand up. I'm like, shots on me. So, you know, I, I think... Can I, th- can I ask you
2: a question, a logistical th- question yes. about that? Yes. So yes. when yes. you say, hey, I'm going to be Big Dog fits and I'm going to just have my movie moment. I want shots for the entire bar. Now, does the bartender say, would you like shots of of x do they do they just kind of take it and and run with it what is the logistical process from Fitz yelling I want to celebrate to those shots actually being delivered
1: I was well um, first to admit I was already pretty tanked at that point when I did say shots for everybody I immediately looked at the bartender who had been very nice all night He he was doing a nice job of hanging out of course he was aware of the tab I was running up at the time wasn't uh but the first thing i did when i looked at him and i was like let's go with the cheapest uh, the cheapest tequila you got i went because everybody hates tequila anyway and Mm -hmm. there aren't that many discerning people when it comes to shots of tequila like nobody nobody's ever said in their life the phrase man i'm really glad i took that shot of tequila like it doesn't exist no people might like sipping on it but that that's that's the line you know I, i felt like tequila was the right way to go and uh, since we're just amongst friends I will tell you that the next day I had to do a, I had to do a hit for sports nation uh on the field uh, from you know Lucas oil to talk about the experience and, and to set up college football uh for the night and, and when I got on they were like your level of sobriety right now I'm like I'm fine. I'm fine. I felt like death all day, though, man. We went into the national championship game that night. I still felt like I wanted to crawl up into a ball and just die. So, and that, you know, and it, that's it, why
2: you're a pro, though, Fitz. I mean, you yeah. you got where you needed to be. You hit the call the time. War. You did the show. And you lived to fight another day. But, I mean, you talk. I would – it would be really funny to me at some point when we uh, when we can look back on, on the 2021 year, I think in a, in a little more uh, – you know, with a little more time. But it's like there have to be – Dozens of those stories from Raider Nation from that night, though. Dozens, just like yours. Because you you brought it up earlier where you said that is a moment. That's one of those where-are-you moments. Like, I will never forget. Like, my most vivid memory from that game is I think it was, I mean, gosh, how many fourth and 75s did Justin Herbert convert that, that oh my evening? God. But towards the end, I remember just being in, in that overtime, just standing up in the back of the press box with with my, my guy Matt Walks, and we're, we're looking at each other like, this is insane. Like, even for Raiders-Chargers that has, not you know, the Raiders and Chargers have not played a, quote, normal football game in about 19 years, but even for Raiders-Chargers, that was unbelievable. I don't remember if I've ever seen on television or certainly witnessed in person a game that, that had that many ups and downs and just frankly, fits weird things that happened. All right,
1: so we, we're just going to go off the cuff here. And 702 365 9200 Eddie Pascal, Jason Fitz. For we're going to be in for, you know, the next couple hours. I want you guys to call us and tell us your wildest celebrating Raiders yes. story. Like keep it keep it clean. We are on radio and I don't want us to get yelled at by the it's a family program. The, the wildest like your biggest celebratory moment that you remember. Cuz let's be real, like, if you're my age, the last time the Raiders won a Super Bowl, I was too young to celebrate the victory, right? So, uh, certainly, if you're my age, you have a lot of heartbreak, and we talk about that stuff all the time. Let's celebrate, as we get into summer, some of the good. So, 702-365-9200. You guys can call and tell us your best celebration moment. You can also tweet us at Jason Fitz, at Eddie Pascal, because I think that's one of the things that I never want to let go away. And, and this is – so, so many people will hate it when i say this eddie but i'll, I'll be very real with you i had, uh, i think it was dan orlovsky that that called me before the cincinnati game he's like hey man just checking in how you doing how you feeling because everybody knows how much this team means to me and i was like you know what this year given everything that this team went through to have an extra game, I don't really care. Like, I'm just going to enjoy a playoff game. And, of course, like everybody else, it rips your heart out. I really thought Carr was going to lead them back. The way the season had gone, I thought the Raiders were going to tie it, winning it in overtime. That's the way the season had gone. It ripped my heart out. But it, it took all of a few minutes for me to turn around and say, man, we just watched the playoff game. As much as we are all excited about this year, I don't want the specialness of that win against that rival – at home, mind you, at home where you know there's this still there's still this growth of what it means to be not just the Raiders but the Las Vegas Raiders to have that win come at Allegiant. I, that's one of those generational "Where were you?" stories that I think we'll be telling for the next twenty years.
2: And, and we talked about it earlier, where you know I think that you know ten years from now, hopefully after a lot more incredible wins and a few a uh, few parades down that that uh, Las Vegas strip, but. You know, I think that's we're gonna look back at that game against the Chargers, that weird, wild, funky, beautiful game that it was, and say, there was something there. Historically, that was the the start of something. There was a change in the in the autumn wind, or I guess it would technically be the winter wind at that point, because I think it was in January, but there was something tangible that that was one of those lines in the sands. It was from that moment onward. Uh, what the story will will look like, how it will feel, remains to be seen. But I, I agree with you hundred percent, man. Where that was that was one, and I know we've talked about it a lot. That is one we will never forget. And having the chance to be in Allegiant Stadium, uh, it, you know, to your point, in kind of the founding early fundamental years of the Raiders in Las Vegas, to see that crowd enjoy that moment, to see that crowd be just as confused and flabbergasted and, and having every emotion on the emotional spectrum as we did, like that was really, really cool. And, and I think that, you know, one thing that we do, I think organization, we do a really good job about is just understanding and appreciating those moments. Because to your point, they're not guaranteed, man. You don't know when the next really, really cool, uh, fundamental, foundational moment is going to come. So when you, when you see them, when you know you're in the midst of one, you got to take that 30 seconds, take a deep breath and appreciate it. Think about
1: even... Uh, There was a landmark win years ago in John Gruden's first tenure with the Raiders. Everybody talks about it. Winning in Kansas City kept them out of the playoffs. It was a launching pad win. It was a a moment that sort of took the team to the next level. I, I feel like the Chargers have the opportunity to be that. But when we talk about special wins, too, I can't ever talk about my history as a Raiders fan and not talk about being in the stadium for the first regular season game with fans. I mean, a Monday night game against the Ravens that had one of the wildest endings any of us have ever seen ever and and just standing by the crowd and watching people go nuts and then get angry and then go nuts and then get angry and then go nuts. Like, there were so many of those moments last year. I think that's an important part of the takeaway. 702-365-9200. That's how you get in. We're going to have you tell us your favorite memories great ones. I want your favorite celebratory Raiders memories. We're going to take your calls. Plus, we'll get into a little bit of what summer could hold on the offensive line. That's all coming up. It's the JT, the Brick Show. He's Eddie Pascal. I'm Jason Fitz. We're in for JT, hanging out with you on Raider Nation Radio.
0: This is the JT The Brick Show. Filling in for JT today is ESPN's Jason Fitz and Raiders.com Eddie Pascal.
1: It feels good to not be afraid of what's about to happen in the coming season. Like, there's just such a difference when you're coming off a playoff run It feels good to not be afraid every time you turn on the TV that somebody's just going to be laughing at your franchise because that's the toughest part. Like, I've lived those years where you're like, I won't watch the pregame shows, not because they're getting disrespect, like not because we're not getting enough love, but because instead everybody's just laughing at the state of the Raiders. Like, we've all lived those years. Right now, it feels good going into this season, and that's a reason to celebrate. We're having you guys celebrate with us. Eddie Pascal, Jason Fitz, in for JT The Brick on Raider Nation Radio, 702-365-9200. Give us your best celebration moment. Like I, I want, again, keep it family friendly. We are a family show. Uh, but if you wouldn't say it to Mickey Mouse, can't say it on air here. But other than that, we want you to give your best celebration moments. Let's live in the glory that we know. Uh, of fun that coming off of last season, 502 Raider D is on uh, on the on the line. Thanks for calling the show, man. What you got?
3: So check this out. So I've been a Raiders fan. I'm 51 years old. I've been a Raiders fan since I was eight years old, and I've seen a lot of games. And I will tell you this: you know, I you know, back in the '80s and '90s when we were ripping it up, tearing it up, it was easy to be a fan because we were winning. It was everything that you saw on TV, everything you saw in commercials, and so forth. I will say, man, without a doubt, that that Chargers game was the most – because and, and reason being, we have been to the playoffs twice in 20 some years. I was not used to that growing up. We were always down there. So for Derek Carr to be able to do what he did and for that game and, – and, and I love the fact that people talk about the FC West now. I love it, man. I'm not afraid of anything. I think the Steel Shrubber and Steel. And I think that having Herbert and those that have Patrick Mahomes in there and now, and now you have – Somebody else coming in who's the down and is going to be an all fame quarterback. I think Steel Sharp and Steel. So that game was I was at my house with by myself getting drunk. I hadn't drunk in like three months, and I said, I'm drinking some bourbon. And dude, let me tell you something. I'm living in an apartment complex. Every one of my neighbors said, What in the hell is going on? I had people oh. knocking on my door from that game. On my door, like, What's wrong? <laughs> I mean, how about that? I mean, I was screaming and hollering. I, it was unbelievable, man. I. I cannot this 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 season coming up is probably the most excited I've been for a season in a long time. Oh thanks but for the call it, it,
1: you're you're echoing I mean that's the right vibe, that's the right feel, mm-hmm. Eddie and you know, every every ounce of that, like I spent so much of last year on social media. You can follow me at Jason Fitz. Uh, Woodson Whiskey was my drink before every uh, every Raiders game that I was home for. Look so, you at know, you, I, look I, I at have you, a Fitz. Woods and Whiskey. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm out there on brand. Like I decided that you know what the world needed was me to give really uh, obvious observations while sipping on Woodson Whiskey. So that's what I uh, I decided to do. It, it works, but you know, to his to the caller's point. It works until you find out you're a little mouthy midway through the game because that, mm-hmm. that, the two are directly connected. There's no doubt about that.
2: Now let me ask you this. I think Raider D brought up a, a great point that I want to kind of dive into a little bit, Fitz. So he said that he watched the game solo, and you, I feel like you have two very distinct groups of people for the big game, right, whether it's an NBA game, a football game, whatever it is. When your team's playing and this is a big game, you have the people that want to be with their friends, you have the people that want to be in that sports bar that want to be feeling the energy, but then you have a very you know a very large faction, a very proud faction of people that want to do it alone. They want to they want the draw, the, the blinds drawn, they want to be in solitude. They want to be there just with whatever beverage and food they have, but they need to be alone. No wrong answers here, right? Whatever whatever is is your flavor is 100% okay as long as, long as you're being safe and healthy. But where do you land on that? Fizz? are you? A, let's get together and watch it together, or you're like, hey, I am too stressed out. I just need to be alone with my thoughts to watch this game.
1: I am a thousand percent. So there are two very different answers to this. If I'm just watching football, I love being in a sports bar with all the fans that are appreciate. I love the vibe and the energy of that. Watching the Raiders game, everybody get out. Just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And but part of that is because I moved around so much as a kid, right? Like when I was a little kid, my dad and I in Vegas would uh i grew up right down from the meadows mall for anybody that knows vegas my dad uh, his rule was no practicing a violin on Sundays. so i was a musician for anyone that doesn't know and it wasn't because we were religious at all it's because my dad didn't his words i don't want to listen to a cat die while i watch the raiders game so my dad would go get a dozen donuts we'd eat a dozen donuts together while we watch the raiders game every sunday that became like tradition so even when i was on the road i always wanted to have a dozen donuts and watch the raiders and but the the thing for me is when you're on the road it's such a locker room type atmosphere where everybody wants to get in the middle of your, you know what, at the worst time, because that's what guys like to do to guys sometimes. And that just doesn't work for me. Like I, as a kid, once I left Vegas, I moved all around the East coast. I was never around Raiders fans. Like it just wasn't, that didn't exist. I was the loner, you know? So uh, in my, in my sixth grade yearbook, one of my teachers wrote go Raiders because I wore Raiders stuff like every day of my life, but there were never Raiders fans around. So I think I learned through all of that that I'd rather be alone because I'm not usually around a bunch of fans. You have an advantage, Eddie, being in Vegas where anywhere you go, you have their watch party opportunities. I think if I had that opportunity in life— I would want to be amongst other Raiders fans because there's a joy and there's like a a camaraderie that comes with the celebration. But no, like for me in Connecticut, when I when I'm not traveling and I'm watching the Raiders game, I am I'm making a wild amount of food for one person. I'm shutting off the world and I am watching it while I scream at my
2: television. See, I, I kind of fall in line with you, Fitz, where, you know. We both have, have cool guy jobs. We've talked about this a ton. Like, you and I, the, the fact that we have to go to work, quote-unquote, every day is pretty laughable, right? But one of the Amen. things that, because of because of our jobs, is I don't get to watch a ton of Raiders games as a fan. They're work days, right? Like, those are the big days that I know the players kind of work towards, and, and I would never compare what you and I do to what the players do on Sunday, but it is a work day. So the chances for us to get together uh, with fans, with people to watch big games— Unfortunately, it doesn't happen all that often during the regular season. But if I were to have that chance, I think I would kind of do what you do, where I would kind of lock it down, I would order in my food, I would be in solitude, and this is where I'd kind of have the remix of that. But then, as soon as the clock hits triple zeros and the celebration begins, that's when I'm departing. That's when I need to be with the people. That's when, yeah, it's great to be in the house with the dog and the wife and screaming and enjoying it. But I need to be with other people at that point. Like, we need to be in the mix fully. So, I I think that I understand where people are coming from because I very much feel the same way. Where it's like, if this is like a really big game, like, yeah, I need to, I kind of need to be in my safe space. You know, I need to have my blankets. I need to have my hoodies. I need to have have all of my rituals that I got to, you know, touch this bobblehead and and rub this twice, all that kind of good stuff. But then, game ends. Let's get out there. Let's get after it.
1: But that's one of the advantages you have on the West Coast i like got sure. on the East Coast, so I, I love to cook, so I usually go out Sunday mornings. Like I do a lot of college football work for ESPN, so Saturdays are one of my busiest days. Saturdays, a lot of times, is a 16-, 18-hour day, uh, but I wake up early on Sunday. I go to the store. I get whatever I'm going to make that day, and I start cooking because the game typically for me is until 4 o'clock. I'm with you. One of the things that stinks the most is that when the Raiders game ends – Like, there just aren't on Sunday night at 7.30. There aren't a lot of people. They're like, hey, let's go out and have a drink. Like, always, that's always been weird to me, even, you know, when you go out to a sports bar, if you know, before I didn't have the NFL Sunday ticket or things like that. I would go out to, you know, a sports bar to watch games in Tennessee or in Nashville, right? And for the the here noon games, right, the noon games in Nashville, everybody's in the bar. Then you hit the 3 o'clock game, the late game. Everybody leaves, so you're by yourself all of a sudden. Like, it's a weird time. I will tell you, and you know me well enough, Eddie. Like, how to how I've gotten where I am is largely because I'm a grinder, right? Like, any any time I get an opportunity, I say yes to it. And I work my ass off. That's all I ever do. The one thing I have said no to since I started at ESPN, the only thing that they've offered me that I flat out turned down and said I will not do, was asked. They asked me if I wanted to do the Sunday NFL radio show that goes through all the games all day, and I was like, nope. I watch the Raiders and I do not want to have to be on air when the Raiders happen. So that is the one thing I have found a way to say no to because I try and protect that. JR in Vegas calling a 702-365-9200. That's how you get in on the fun. JR, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, what you got, brother? Thanks for calling the show.
4: Hey, thanks for having me. It's always a blessing to hear you guys fits. I look forward to you coming on Raider Nation Radio regardless who the who, who the who the uh who the host is, I love hearing what you have to say. And so, Thanks, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, I appreciate. became a Raider fan, and uh, you're welcome. In 1983, when the Raiders won the Super Bowl, I, was, I, I grew up in Los Angeles. I actually grew up a Dallas Cowboy fan. But when the Raiders drafted Marcus Allen, I was a big SC fan, loved Marcus Allen. He became a Raider. I became a Raider. I've been a Raider ever since. Thirty years ago I moved to Las Vegas. I was watching the Raiders from a distance from LA to Oakland and I was on my knees praying, Come on to Las Vegas. I had the privilege and the pleasure to go to opening night when they beat the Ravens in overtime. And I had the privilege and the pleasure to be in the stadium when the Chargers beat the when the Raiders beat the Chargers in overtime. It was so good because I had this Charger fan sitting in front of me, and I was in his ear <laughs> all night long. Oh,
1: that's i tell you
4: what. There's nothing better than being in the stadium on a big game. I've watched it from a distance. I've watched it from my home. You have your rituals. You sit down. Don't bother me. Don't get in front of the TV. Be quiet. Put the dog in the crate. I want to watch the game. I don't want nobody talking. But there's something different about the energy of being in that stadium. I mean, what a beautiful stadium. So, hey, uh, that, that's the way for, to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks for the call. And you're right, you know, I, that Ravens game uh, that day. And thanks for the kind words on on my work. I really appreciate that. Um, this game, uh, I, I hit up Eddie. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I hit up Eddie and said, there's got to be a way I can get into this game, right? So I come out. Uh, and I was lucky enough to get to get into the stadium early and walk around. And I'll never forget, I got asked to do a, a phone or an interview uh, with Michael Oleg Jr. at the time for his show on ESPN Radio, and everybody wanted to know about the stadium. And I I remember when I got on the phone with him, I, you could barely hear because I'm in the stadium. The place is wild. And he asked me if I was in a nightclub, and he was genuinely asking if I was in the nightclub area. And I was like, no, it's just this loud. And he said, well, it's three hours before kickoff. And it's like... Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. There is, for anybody that hasn't checked it out, like, there's a magic to the way Allegiant was built. There's a magic to the vibe inside Allegiant. And there's a brotherhood to the Raiders fans walking around Allegiant that just, I mean, it hit different. I've been to a lot of NFL stadiums. I've been lucky enough to see a lot of them. And Eddie, Allegiant hits different. So, yeah. if If I got a chance to watch a game at Allegiant, that would always be my answer.
2: And and I'll just piggyback off that a little bit, Fitz, where I think on a very practical level, I think a lot of the folks that kind of run the stadium and maintain the stadium deserve a ton of credit because the doors at Allegiant open a little bit earlier than most NFL stadiums do because they want people in the seats. They want people to enjoy that pregame festivity. And, And we look at what the game entertainment is like at Allegiant Stadium. Second to none. You are not going to find a better show in the NFL than that Allegiant Stadium. And that starts before the game. That starts multiple hours pregame, fits. So I think a lot of the folks deserve a ton of credit for being like, hey, we're going to make this stadium, we're going to make this game day experience from you know X hours before kickoff until after the game. That's where you want to be. So yes, Vegas has all these fantastic things you can do, all of these incredible pregame experiences you can have, but you are not going to have a better one. Then being in that stadium, whether it's two hours early, three hours early, whatever it is, and just being able, to your point, enjoy that time with your fans. Crack an ice cold bruchacho with a fan of, the, of a different team, with your Raiders pals, and just enjoy. Because there is something very, very special being, uh, being cooked in that stadium at the moment. And it is just going to mature and get better and better and better year after year. And, man, it's like we've talked about this a lot where it feels like for so long, and you and I have heard this story a million different times from a million different people, but essentially it's the same. Raiders fans have waited for a building to call home. They have that building now, and it is that beautiful palace right off of the Strip. And so every moment that they're allowed to be in there, every moment that they can savor what they've worked so hard, what they've waited so long for, uh, it's a very, very cool deal uh, building out here in Allegiant.
1: So, for anybody that doesn't know, to, to the point of how you watch games, uh, when you're in a press box, you're supposed to be super professional, right? So, if you ever see Eddie walking around the stadium on game day, he's got a tie on, always a sharp, like, it is a fitted suit. I try, suit. Man. I try. I mean, like, I try. It, it, it looks good, right? And I'm basically in, like, a hoodie and a jacket, right? Like, I look like a fan that somehow snuck past security and got my way. <laughs> into the press box, and one of my favorite stories last year of being able to be at a Raiders game was I was up in the press box sitting there, and Steve Weiss, who does such great work for the NFL Network and is a total a professional. A guru, man, a guru. Just an all-around, like, he's got an aura and a presence of kindness. Like, he was sitting behind me in the press box, and I'm sitting there. And everybody in the press box is quiet. Like, every every once in a while you hear, like, a little clap, but you won't hear in anything, like, any big cheers. You're not supposed to do that in the press box. It's professional pace place people are work. Something didn't go right in the game. I don't remember what it was, and I let out just a slew of words that are not press box appropriate. I mean, I just mother-effed the whole thing. It all all went downhill, quickly lost all professionalism, and I turned around and I saw Steve just sitting there behind me laughing, and he was laughing at me, and I was like, I'm sorry, dude. And I tweeted later, and I was like, I think I owe Steve Weiss an apology for what I just did in the press box. He DM'd me afterwards and was like, hey, never lose that. Like, that's the spirit, but that's also why – I watch alone. Like, I've got this cute, like, little old couple that lives next to me in Connecticut in the house next door. They like to sit out on their porch on Sunday mornings and just have, you know, have coffee together and look at the street. And, like, just they're just out there enjoying it. And I had just moved in one day and I had the doors open and the windows open. Beautiful fall day in Connecticut. Yeah, you know, I'm just sitting there, Eddie, watching the game and something doesn't go right, and all of a sudden I learned to swear from my mom. All of a sudden I let out everything that I've ever learned in one statement and I just see my neighbors look shockingly at my back door, stand up and walk inside. I had to go buy them oh. cookies and bring them over to the house. Like I left cookies at their front door and said, sorry about my language on Sunday. Like that's part of why I gotta watch alone. That's all I'm saying.
2: Ah, oh, dude, I I I very I very much identify with that, man. I, I can I can hundred percent one. Picture this sweet little couple that has their Connecticut home and they're just enjoying a Sunday morning with the newspaper and the coffee and waving to the children as they walk by. And then here's Jason Fitz Uh from ESPN Mm -hmm. just ruining the neighborhood, just causing a ruckus on a beautiful Sunday morning. Ah, But I am glad. I will have to give you credit for going over there, doing the right thing, saying, hey, that's on me. Here's some cookies. Enjoy. And Fitz, I, I got to say this. Can I ask you? Are you a good neighbor? I feel like you'd be a fantastic neighbor. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I'm one of those, like, a uh, uh, little old lady slipped and fell on the ice last mm-hmm. year, and I was the one that walked out into traffic, oh, stopped the cars, bravo. and, and helped her up. Yeah, no, the, the Southern hospitality is now part of this guy's life. Like, you got to be a good neighbor. You're a good neighbor, too, right? Oh, Eddie, I'm a fan.
2: Eddie- I, I would like to think I'm a fantastic neighbor. My wife gives me a hard time because I am 100% the neighbor, and I feel like you are, too where I talk to everyone, where even if you don't want to talk to me, if I see you, if we, if, if we got the dogs crossing on the block, you're getting, you're getting four to five minutes of convo from old Eddie Pascal. Whether you like it or not, that's coming your way. I mean, that's
1: what, like if you're out walking the dog, that's probably why we're doing it. Like I got a fenced-in yeah. yard. Like I've just let her. Like, Annabelle can ride in the in the backyard. <laughs> she doesn't need to walk. I'm only walking her to be social. Uh, 702-365-9200, that's how you get in. Tell us your best Raiders celebratory moment. Whatever it is, 702-365-9200. He's Eddie Pascal. I'm Jason Fitz. I promise you, we will get into the offensive line, what it looks like, and how it could all shape up. We'll do all of that coming up, plus your calls. On the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, Jason Fitz, Eddie Pascal sitting in.
0: This is the JT The Brick Show. Filling in for JT today is ESPN's Jason Fitz and Raiders.com, Eddie
1: Pascal. Gotta say thanks to Clay for the great introduction there. Clay, yeah, doing great work. Doing God's work, getting Eddie in, into the introduction. Eddie Pascal, Jason Fitz, in for JT The Brick. We're asking you guys to chime in. On your favorite Raiders memories, 702-365-9200 is how you get in on this real quick, too. We have a tweet also. You can tweet us at Eddie Pascal, at Jason Fitz. Uh, Raiders 2K said January 19, 2003, the AFC Championship game in Oakland. Raiders win 41-24 over the favored Titans. The best, Fabian. Fabian, you have no idea how much I remember that game because I was living in Nashville at the time, and every Titans fan was just quick to tell me how much the Titans were going to kill the Raiders. And I'm like, I feel pretty good about this one. Like, there was a moment there where the Titans and Raiders had a very good rivalry. They do play again this year in Nashville. So, you know, Eddie, I think that's, a, I think the bosses should, uh, should let you travel for that one, and we should just uh, take over Lower
2: Broad. You know, it is really funny you bring that up, Fitz, because we were actually kind of workshopping what our our road slate of content is going to look like in 2022, and I completely missed that one. So I'm going to write that down right now so I don't forget and say we have an opportunity to do some cool stuff in Nashville. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, I'd say we just take over a bar and do like a massive uh, – after show inside a bar uh while we drink some rolling rock that, that's I mean,
2: that's m- i mean think about this fits i mean you and i have become uh very close on the fifth quarter presented by twitch our official game podcast hmm interesting just workshopping on the air live doing it thinking about just- things that we could possibly do yo mark call me got ideas all right <laughs> uh also a uh, friend of the program will compton also a nashville guy is he Look not at that yeah, we'll oh. get
1: Will. will come. Maybe we go on bussing with the boys, and Will comes on with us. We'll do it. I don't think that will do bussing with the boys a lot of good. No, but no, it Will no, do no. us a lot of good. Will so.
2: might hit us with the most respect. Actually, can I tell a funny Will Compton story right now? Please do. Yeah. That yeah, I yeah. I don't think he'll mind. Uh, he'll don't. I don't think he'll mind me sharing. So Will of Bussing with the Boys of Raiders fame, uh, and I are our, our, our pals, right? So we text back and forth. But Will has now done this several times. He did this last week, where he reaches out to. He's got a buddy. Uh, that he works with, whose name is Eddie, and he's got me, that's also Eddie, and he puts me in a in a bar stool work, like actual, hey, let's figure out logistics of A, B, C, and D, and he always includes me when he means to include the other Eddie, and he's done this now three or four times over the past nine months, and he did it last week, and I just said, hey, comp," uh, once again, wrong Eddie, and he's like, oh, I did it again, didn't I? I said, yeah, yeah, you sure did. But. I will... I will give
1: you ten dollars American cash to go along with it next time. And just put a, a wrench into the entire plan just to teach him a lesson. Well, you the know, the, it, the
2: first time he did it is he was asking, and you know he always includes like, "Hey, Eddie, and so and so, and so and so," and and he asked me for like we were kind of workshopping a, a project that he was working on, and he didn't. And it became like pretty clear about how, like seven or eight text messages in. I was like, "Oh, he thinks I'm a different Eddie." But this one, at this point, now, I'm like, hey, bro, you did it again. And he goes, oh, I can't believe I did it again. But so I, I think that I should try. And I I wonder this, too. Does he just have multiple people named Eddie just saved in his phone? Like no last name? Because Eddie's not like a super common name. So like maybe he just has like three Eddies that he just has them all lumped the same. I don't know.
1: Uh, well, we'll ask him in Nashville when we, uh, when we have some beers. There from- you I've, go. I've- you know what? I, Will and I talk often, but the one time I was like, "Hey, if you ever want me to come on, busting with the boys," ghosted me. Like it shows you, shows you, Crickets. shows you where I stand. All right, let's get you guys involved in the show. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. That's how you get in on the fun. Anthony in Minnesota, calling. Anthony, thanks for hanging out with us. What you got, brother?
0: Hey, thanks a lot for holding it down, guys. Really appreciate the show. I grew up in Pleasanton, went to all the games in the seventies and eighties. I'm fifty eight years old, and a couple things. Nothing like the fourth quarter with about six minutes to go and that fog kind of coming across the bay and you start hearing that chant, Raiders. It was so electrifying seeing so many games. So moving to Minnesota, I've yet to be to a game in Vegas, but to see that pregame, during the game, after game, it's a killer show. Last year I've got twenty six years in recovery, so a couple of my God sponsees bless you. are Raider thank you. A couple of my friends or sponsors are early recovery. They come over, they're diehard Raider fans. We watch a game in my apartment complex. I got a pretty high end system. Don't crank it up too much. But this last game with this last year with the Chargers, a bunch of the newcomers wanted to come over with their girlfriends. There's like 15, 20 people in my small apartment, and I thumped it up so loud. Thumped it up. They were going out every half hour for a smoke break to the part of the apartment complex. The one time these girls came back in and go, Oh my God, I can hear you guys all the way in the front of the apartment complex. The funny thing is, all those people there had seen their first Raider game ever. And several of them are like, hey, man, I'm a fan. But, yeah, I miss the old Raiders. One thing I'll say is that for the first time this last year, it felt like the first time we could come back and win any game. And that was the first time in 20-plus years that I've had that feeling. And let's go get them this year, guys. Thank you.
1: Oh, thanks for the call. That was inspiring. And, and I will say I, I brought a buddy out to one of the games uh, this year. And as we were walking up and everybody was just screaming, Raiders up and down the strip. Uh, they asked me, they're like, um, is is this like a thing? Because no idea. And I was like, yeah, you're going to hear a lot of that over the next 24 hours. Vegas figured that out quickly, Eddie.
2: Uh, let me also, yes, 100%. Can I also give Anthony a bit of credit for being just very courageous in the sense that he said, hey, a bunch of my boys came over to watch the game. Great. But then a lot of them threw this wrench of, hey, can I bring my girlfriend to this game as well? Like, boy, you really got to trust your pals. Because if you get, and whether it's girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband, partner, whatever it is, I mean, for a big game, you need to know the dynamics. And it feels like that is a, you're really gambling in, in the group setting there being like, yeah, sure, bring them over. So I mean, shout out to Anthony for having the courage to be like, you know what, I trust my pals, they're going to bring the right group of people, and we're going to have the right vibe for a critical game.
1: There was one game last year where a bunch of my ESPN buddies came over to my house, and I finally had to look at one of my close friends midway through and say, hey, we're not workshopping a radio show. Shut the yep. hell up. <laughs> like, so, You know, I, I don't know how you do it. So, uh, all right, 702-365-9200. Raider 27 in Salt Lake, what you got? Hey, guys. Hey, up, thanks man? for calling the show. Hey, um,
5: my probably my most excited was uh, I think in 92 or 93, Um, We were season ticket holders in Los Angeles, and my parents were visiting me from uh, Illinois, and they'd never been to a professional football game. So we took them to the game with us. So we're all sitting there, and my mom's like, the, the situation was both teams were in the playoffs. Whoever won between Denver or us played the first playoff game at home. So the loser had to go on the road, and the winner played at home. So with about halfway through the third quarter, we're down 17, and my mom sitting there going, "Oh, honey, I, it, they still made the playoffs. It'll, it'll be okay. They'll win next week." I go, "Mom, this is the Raiders. This game doesn't start until there's two minutes left." And sure enough, the Raiders came back, and uh, Alexander Wright scored a touchdown with no time left on the clock, and then. Uh, 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 what's his, Jager? Jeff Jager kicked a 55-yard field goal to win the game in overtime. So, yeah, that was pretty crazy in the parking lot after that game. It was a pretty exciting game.
1: Oh, Raider 27, thanks for the call on that. I remember watching that game on TV as a kid, Eddie. Like, I remember every ounce of that. And because it was against Denver and you knew you were going to see Denver the next week, there was this whole question of were they going to hold back or, like, how are teams going to handle it? Oh, I remember that game so vividly, what were you, Eddie, like four, four months old? What What year was this again? 92. It was 92. I go was
2: around. A, probably around, that's actually a really accurate description. For it. I was probably about six months old at the time. Oh, but can God. I also say this? I must bring this up. As our resident special teams advocate, special teams wins ball games. I will go, I will <laughs> go to my grave screaming that. Special teams wins ball games. You need to have a good kicker. You need to have a good punter. You need to have a good special teams battery because you never know when you need him to be be an absolute machine, fit. We'll keep taking your calls,
1: 702-365-9200. That's how you get in and tell us your great celebration Raiders memory. Eddie Pascal, Jason Fitz, one hour in the books, one to go. Sitting in for JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio.